What's up, everybody? It's Devontae Smith, a.k.a. King Cage, and you're listening to today's Boomdoggle. Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival is back at Historic Crew Stadium in Columbus, Ohio, with the Foo Fighters. Tool. Avenged Sevenfold. Kiss. Plus, Rob Zombie, Deftones, Queens of the Stone Age, Godsmack, and more. Memorial Day weekend. Passes on sale this Friday at noon at SonicTempleFestival.com for only $10 down. going on everybody it's bill bailey with today's boondoggle with the doc mr sean doherty well first sean how you doing thanks for being here today doing all right however uh, but all right yeah yeah well a, a little rough this morning but uh just left your your training your saturday morning uh jujitsu class like i i was saying as we were ta- talking before we came on but uh usually when i have somebody on first time i like to get a background um, story. So do you remember originally what you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, martial artist. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah. Right? Yeah. Since I, anytime I saw like first time I saw Bruce Lee, you know, like five years oldish, you know, understand what's going on. Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris. Um, I just knew I wanted to be a martial artist. I wanted to move my body that way and I do what I want. <laughs> awesome and that was like about what what age i was five when i knew five. when yeah. i knew um it's just you know you kind of you got to go in and out you never you know through life but it was like when i became when i was 14 1990 i uh i started kickboxing. well i mean i boxed when i was in the sixth grade for my brother he was a golden gloves boxer and he trained me how to box um that was like my first martial art when i was like six or seven my mom put me in kung fu my attention span wasn't enough for that boring shit you know i'm I'm adhd as fuck i gotta be moving i can't sit in horse stance for a half hour and move my hands out like super slow and bring them back and do this isometric shit i just couldn't do it so gymnastics was better for me (laughs) than you know sports just at general sports in general just a way i can get the energy out of my body and express myself was how I did it, but it was not until I was 14 and I started kickboxing and Taekwondo. That was when I was like, okay, this is what I will be doing for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a professional fighter. Nice. And then, uh, so yeah, so then that was like, you know, as you're going into high school and, um, 
you said you did were involved in some sports like you know kind of little here there like team sports were shitty for me because again my adhd and low self-esteem and i didn't want to be the one to fuck everything up for everyone else you know what i mean yeah yeah so i I shied away from them i just was never good at social stuff i was never really accepted by other people and my peers or anything like that i was always kind of an outcast so doing martial arts was kind of an outcast thing too so you know it it kind of worked did you were you drawn to like wrestling at all though too? In high school? Um, I did like two months of wrestling. A buddy of mine, another skater, because I was a skater. Okay, so one of my skater friends was a heavy like heavy into wrestling, super awesome wrestler, and uh, he tried pulling me into it. I did it for a little bit, but I was so claustrophobic and tiny. I was the smallest guy on the team, claustrophobic. I just sucked, and I just quit. I, that was when I found that year was when I found kickboxing. So I went from the wrestling right into kickboxing all through high school did the you know taekwondo kickboxing after i graduated i fought in ufc2 um was watching the first ufc with my friends and i said i was going to be in the next one and everything just worked out perfectly i was up in buffalo new york the next week and i i had to help somebody up up in buffalo with a, a karate tournament uh the gallants and kevin rogier was a family friend of theirs and he fought in the first ufc he was a kickboxer and uh, I met him there and I was just like, hey, I want to turn pro kickboxing. Would you want to train me? I'm not even thinking about the UFC. And he ended up accepting me in. He turned out to be a bipolar manic depressant with a cocaine addiction. Uh, he checked himself into the psych ward of the VA and left me homeless in, in 40 below weather in Buffalo, New York, January of 1994. You know, but his manager, Charlie Anzalone, was like, hey, you know, if I would have known he was having this 18 year old kid move up to buffalo you know and the way his life was going i never i would have told you don't come but since you're here and you've already gone through this how would you like to be in the next ufc wow hearing some of your wisdom but it's like even from five years old you've kind of been manifesting your yes entire existence you said yeah you know, wanting to be a martial artist and and you 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 know you stuck with it you made it happen you said watching the first ufc i'm yeah. gonna be in the next one yeah i was i was I've, i was a magician since i was a child yeah so so then you're training and that and that 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 gentleman uh you know you're up there kevin rogier yeah yeah, you're you're homeless up in buffalo this this guy steps in and said how how'd you like to be in now this was back you know for our audience that might not be familiar with the old ufc you want to explain how how things were then compared to how they are now well back then there was we didn't really know you had the ultimate fight championship and that you know you fight ufc the you know fighting ultimate championship you know stuff like that they had didn't have mma back then you know the the name wasn't even made yet right nhb came later no holds barred fighting that's was the the main thing it was called was nhb and so there were the when i fought there were no rules except for no eye gouging no biting and no fish hooking um groin shots were allowed as you saw with the the joe son fighting keith or yeah keith acne fighting joe son okay punched them in the balls over and over again you like nut shots were allowed back in the day so it was it was a whole different entity you can do you can hit the spine you can hit the back of the neck you know with your elbow i mean you could literally kill somebody uh it was a lot easier yeah, it was like gladiators yeah know, roman gladiators. yeah and and your corner the only way you like you had to tap get knocked out or your corner had to throw in the towel the referee was not allowed to stop it big john mccarthy was the one who changed that rule he changed so much about 
how it was, but it was just a cockfight. Yeah, <laughs> cockfighting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, John McCain, that's what John McCain called it back in the day. He was like so against it. Yeah. Like that was, that was like a funny thing. Like the conservatives love UFC, the conservatives of America, like that's their sport. You know what I mean? It, it's like MMA is it. That's, yeah, that's today, America. That's America. Today, you know what yeah. I mean? But back when it was first starting, the conservatives hated it. It was, oh, this is horrible. This is cockfighting. This like is purge, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some, some, but yeah, but now it's like completely embraced by everyone. It's part of America. It's part of our pastime. It's not as big as baseball yet, but it's getting there. Oh, yeah. But during that time also, there was no weight classes. Uh-uh. No you weight know? classes. So, so I was the youngest. I was 18 years old uh, for a while there until Dan Lousen uh, showed up. Uh, I was the youngest competitor in the UFC at 18. Um, and I was the lightest. I was only 169 pounds. They said I was much heavier than what I was. They lied about everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, they lied about my record stuff, and yeah. everything. I should not have. honestly, you know, I mean, back in the day, I guess it didn't matter because it was style against style, right? Yeah. But even even uh uh fucking uh, I was gonna say OJ Simpson, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns player that was commentating, uh Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown, yeah. Jim Brown was commentating and um he's like that young man's got no business being here <laughs> he's like he should not have been here especially <laughs> how his parents know where he's at <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know i mean and you had hori on he pulled me into his into a, a room in the marriott hotel where we were all stationed at, like like based out of and he pulls me in and he's like you know you're young you'd never done this before you do realize you could die you know so, you know this is serious this stuff labor. you have yeah. to fucking you know, you got to protect yourself. Yeah. You know, so, but being 18, I mean, it was your, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just like, fuck that. I'm yeah. doing this shit. I was, I'm going to be a movie star. Someday. You, you know, I was thinking I was going to be, I was thinking I was going to be like a stunt man in my oh, future, okay. you know, yeah. like this was going to be the opening for everything. Right. It was, but not how I thought it came later. Like, like fighting in the UFC benefited me in so many ways. One being one of the original fighters in the UFC in the military, you know, like, I came in late, you know, I was like 27 when I joined and having that as my background was a good icebreaker for people. I wouldn't tell people, but people found out Yeah. and my managers found out and stuff like that. I got treated differently. Okay. Treated with a little bit more respect, trusted a little bit more. Um, but also I was older, so I was given more responsibility faster. You know, I was put in charge of other airmen and, you know, yeah. So like I that. wanted to talk about that then. Cause all right. So 18, you're in the second UFC. Oh yeah. We got a wild timeline, yeah. bro. Yeah. And big, big, <laughs> there's lots of stuff to fit in there. <laughs> yeah. And big John was your, so I was, I was big John's first, let's get it on. That was yeah. the first time he said, let's get it on. So um, yeah, so he and and that was probably it was probably your fight too, where he's just like, all right, we need to make some changes or something. You know? <laughs> no, it was probably no, 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 no. It was so my guy that beat me was Scott Morris, that ninja, and he ended up fighting Pat Smith, and Pat Smith was the one who elbowed the shit out. And that was the one that made controversy okay. for the whole. That's what gave a lot of bad rep for the UFC. That's what because was that was that match itself because it was so bloody. Uh, Scott Morris had so many lacerations on his face from Pat Smith's elbows. He has, he had to spend his whole, all of his winnings on his, on fixing his face. Wow. You know, so. Yeah. It's not really, it doesn't feel like a win. Yeah. So, I mean. But, but then, you know, you, you stayed training and involved from that time period before you 
went into yeah. the military then, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think I read so, the Lions Den. Yeah, so as well. Ken Shamrock, I, I was supposed to be an alternate. Uh, two weeks before the UFC 2 happened, I uh, got a call from Art Davey, and he says, uh, Ken Shamrock just broke his hand in training. He got a spiral fracture from blocking a kick from Brennan White and broke his hand and i he's like would you like to be the would you like to step in and take his place i was like does that that mean i'm definitely on the card i'm definitely fighting and i'm on the main card he's like absolutely okay yeah two weeks before now but you had already kind of been training like oh yeah that was your goal yeah yeah was it like you just had to cram you know for something like that yeah and it was just striking i didn't learn any grappling i didn't do anything so ken was there he saw me training um and he recruited jason delucia and i to go be you know at the lines fight train at the lines then go fight in pancrase and stuff like that so he jason said yes i said yes so a month after the fight i took my winnings well first i took my winnings i bought an ounce of weed and a strip of acid it might have been i think it was mescaline actually but um gel tap type thing and i went on a vision quest to know what i should do because okay. i had because also gerard jordo propositioned me he wanted me to move with him into the hague and train oh okay Gerard Rodeau from the first UFC okay as well he was at the second UFC but he brought Frey Comaker with her where was him. he where's his the Hague the Hague okay Holland you know Dutch. okay yeah oh, all right so he's a Dutch kickboxer guy so I, I could have gone the kickboxing route with him or I could have you know, or I go the shoot fighting grappling realm with Kent as I already know striking yeah I'm my weakness I've already I just got tapped out with a I got taken down with a sacrifice throw and tapped out by a fucking ninja i better fucking learn something right so I, yeah. that, like when i when i when new information is presented to me and i'm proven wrong i'm the guy that changes i'm yeah. the guy who adjusts and and fixes shit i don't sit there and put my head up my ass and think nothing's wrong and everything's okay and things are just going to change and it will be eventually be right you know what i mean no i had holes in my game i knew that i needed to learn how to grapple and i needed to, to bring that weakness up and training with Ken, but let's hear a little bit about the the, the vision quest. Where did you go for that? You know, uh, I was just in Chicago Falls, just hanging out with my buddies. You know, I was just uh, okay. I eating acid, eating out. Out. No, I ate acid for like uh, like a couple of days straight. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of, it was on the end of the you know on the last night of it. I was just so like I, I came I came to no no. I was actually in a pool hall <laughs> when they realized it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go move in with Ken. This is what I'm gonna do. So I took the rest of my money and I bought a plane ticket and moved out to California. Nice. So I made fifteen hundred bucks for my fight in the UFC. Bought weed, bought some, you know, psychedelics, and then uh, made my decision to go. And, uh, and the the pool hall visionary. Yeah, and it worked, dude. <laughs> it, it was the right choice. I um, I didn't I didn't make the right, the wrong choice. Like to this day, all of it benefits me. And then, so you're there. And then, how many other fights did you participate in before? you know, uh, you joined the military. None, except for Pancrase. I fought Minoru Suzuki. So okay. here's the thing about me. So when I was at Lions Den, I had to leave Lions Den because I got a neck, really bad neck injury. Um, I got a long neck and a big head. Right? Uh, matter of fact, Mexican martial arts uh, on IG and Instagram, they made fun of my fight. Like oh, they really? did this awesome. Oh, it was great, dude. They fucking tore me apart. Like mystery science theater type? yeah he's no he's doing like hey man you would think be thinking this is mcdojo shit but not this is a real fight in the ufc man you know like you got to see it mix uh mexican martial arts 
uh, account. They're, they're the ones who did it, but it was spot on. He's like, he's like, looks like max headroom, but you gotta have max <laughs> neck room. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I've, I always had a weak neck and, uh, I mean, but, uh, I mean, it's fused now. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it, the injuries were. Uh, but, uh, I had to leave the lines then from a neck injury. I came home, was healing up. And then my friends became Mormons and they shared the message with me kind of thing. And I was looking for, you know, like I was in this transitionary phase of my life, you know, I was injured. Now I'm no longer doing the thing I wanted to do. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. Everything was yeah. shut down. It was like, uh, everything was shut down abruptly. And here comes Mormonism along and I joined the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, go on a mission, meet my wife, get married do the whole shebang, uh, have four kids, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. We're at 19. So 1994 was Lions Den, UFC, all that kind of stuff. I come back home Christmas in 94. I joined the church. I take that year and get ready for a mission, go on my mission in 96, uh, meet my wife, all that stuff. We get married, move down to Ashland from Akron. And then uh, I started training in, uh, so we got married in 97 and I started training with John. I found John Saylor. So I was going to move back to California, right. And go back yeah. to the Lions then. But I heard about this guy named John Saylor, who used to be the head coach in the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs for judo. He also had a guy that fought in the UFC, uh, Christoph Leininger. Right. I th yeah. Christoph, the judo guy, John Saylor was in his corner for that. I, I walk into John Saylor's and they're doing 500 squats, 200, but they're doing the, the same workouts that I did at lines. And I was like, Oh shit. And he's local. local okay. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm home. I mean, I don't need to go to lines then for this. I got everything I need right here. So I became his student under with Shingi Tai Jiu Jitsu and Judo. So I got my Shingi Tai Jiu Jitsu black belt and my Judo black belt from John Saylor. Okay. And I've been with him this whole time now i've had i have my training partners who are bjj guys all my friends stuff like that and that was how i was learning bjj but my main core art was shingi tai jiu-jitsu which is a complete system of throwing punching kicking and ground fighting it's just like gracie jiu-jitsu but with more okay you know what i mean it takes longer to learn because there's more ranges to fight from it's not just a grappling range it's everything but the grappling of it was is just as good as gracie jiu-jitsu like just as good if not better was like oh my god this is everything like it, it was everything i needed it was that missing part and it was what i needed to, to move on okay that so that was the next part of your journey and then like when was it that what urge you know uh kind of motivated you to for joining the air force and... well my first born like my son was born in 2000 um i had just had my fight in pancrase so when he was born right when he was born i had my fight in pancrase oh oh rewind so year 2000 so I was talking about 97, I got married, you know, duh, duh, duh. I'm training and stuff like that. Um, 2000 was the first Arnold Classic that had grappling. Okay. Okay. And I entered that and I took second place. And then from there, I went to Pancrase and I fought Minoru Suzuki. And I lost. Uh, I lost by Kimura. I just, I wasn't getting any fights back then. Like, it was hard to get fights. All The Ultimate Fighter had not yet aired. You know, I'm talking about the yeah, Stephen Bonner, yeah, the sure, Stephen yeah. Bonner fight and, and uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on his, I, I see his face in his ears. Forrest. Yeah, Forrest. Griffin. Forrest Griffin. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't getting any fights. So I was like, I was just driving one day and I just had this realization, go join the Marine Corps. That's how you're going to, that's how you're going to, 
take care of your family. Go join the Marine Corps. So I go, I go talk to a gunny, uh, you know, at the recruiting office. He's stoked. I can do 20 handstand pushups right in front, but I had two shoulder surgeries. I had two shoulder surgeries in 19, okay. 1999, wow. right? So, so in 1999, I had two shoulder surgeries. And then 2000, I took second place in Arnold Classic. So my first match off of my surgeries was this win, you know, at the Arnold Classic. And then I go and fight in Pancrase. I lose. Just things are going slow. Get the, get the idea to go join the Marine Corps. Get in there. It is like there's no way the BUMED is not going to allow you in. I was doing 20 handstand push-ups after my shoulder surgeries. It was like, they're, they're gonna, you're going to be fine. Turns out BUMED said no. I can't join the Marine Corps. I had two shoulder surgeries. So my gunny was like, dude, that's the BUMED. You still got the Surgeon General. Go Air Force. He goes, don't go Army. Don't go Navy. Go Air Force. You, there's a plethora of things you can do. It's cushier. It's nicer. You got to, you know, you, you're a family man. Go do that. This is May-ish, 2001. I'm on the delayed entry kind of program yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I, I was supposed to swear in on September 11th. 2001 but you know i woke up to the planes crashing in the buildings called my recruiter i was like i guess we're not going down today right and he's now nah, everything's shut down we'll go tomorrow so i go down september 12th swear in you know and you have a full bird colonel there you know and he's giving the speech of hey all of you who are here you have you can leave right now if you want to we are going to war all of you swearing in right now you are going you are swearing in wartime we are no longer peacetime. This is wartime. You will be going to war. So who, those of you who stay, you know, everybody stayed. Everybody swore in. It was a, it was a cool moment. From there, uh, I went in, and then I went in January 8th. It was when I reported to BASIC. Now, you were, had you already gotten your judo black belt? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're yeah. going in with all that. Too. Yeah, I'm a Thai black belt, judo black belt, taekwondo black I haven't gotten my BJJ black belt yet, but... Like I didn't get, I didn't, I was never going to get my Air BJJ. Force basic was like knitting clubs for you or something. Oh yeah. I, I got out of shape. So, so, so I, in, in May I was signed up to be a cop, right. In the, in the air force to become security forces. Right. Okay. But when September 11th happened, that was when I switched my career field to combat control. Cause I wanted to kill as many of these motherfuckers as I could. I wanted to paint them with a laser and fucking blow them into fucking smithereens with a, yeah. with a, Red with a fire call. Yeah. You know, so uh, for me to go pararescue combat control, I had to learn how to swim, which I was deathly afraid of swimming. I was afraid of water because I, I had a near drowning experience when I was a kid. The first time, you know, that bobbing, the drown proofing that they do in yeah. the pool for buds. Yeah. That's how I saved my life one day was I was too far out and I couldn't swim. So I let myself sink. I touched the bottom of the ground, push myself up, get air, come down, push myself up, get air, come down. And I would do it like towards shore like i would hop jump in an angle towards the surface get air and come down wow so but i was claustrophobic afraid of water so i had to teach myself how to swim how to hold my breath do breath holds how to do all this kind of thing and get through the mind fuck so i did that taught myself what i needed to do train myself up got into basic Went through basic, got to uh, combat control school. Second day of training, I tore my shoulder off the bone. Oh no, the one that's already been. Yeah, but I finished. The, I finished the two week selection course with one arm. All right. So, and then when we got 
sent we we had time off before the pipeline for i had to report to biloxi mississippi for air traffic control school and uh my shoulder i thought i was gonna it was gonna heal up a bit but it just wouldn't it was damn near paralyzed it was slipping out of socket and the doctors were like yeah you're done you can either stay in the air force and we'll reclass you into a job or you can get out because i was a guaranteed job position with the combat control that's what i signed up for and i couldn't get it so they i could get out i stayed in because i I joined the military to feed my family, Yeah, you know, so I got the job I never wanted. I became an air transportation, uh, journeyman, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I worked on the flight line. It was literally the job, the job description that I said I did not want when I was looking through all the job descriptions. <laughs> what was your experience like, you know, while you were in and what's like some of the oddest things that you remember from your time? In? Um, so, so I remember my first base being Dover, Delaware. Uh, and it's the, it was a super port. It's like my career field. That's like one of the busiest, toughest bases to be at. And we were on like 18s all the time, like 12s and 18s and four on three off, sometimes five and twos, but it was horrible. I mean, it was just a constant, constant high pace. You, you might as well have been deployed. You're working deployment rates, you know, but, uh, and I was only there for a year and I got my orders to go to Okinawa. Okay. And that's the best part. You know, I just did three years in Okinawa. I had my own school there, went through rigor schools, learned how to pack parachute, did more military type stuff than just airport type stuff. Lots of good experiences there. Um, had my own school there for three years, taught locals and military, um, really honed. That's where I really honed my teaching skills and the stuff that I teach you today yeah. is it was all born there. Like it was really like all my students there. We, we developed everything during that time. So that's when jujitsu started coming more into your. Uh, it was always there. I mean, jujitsu was always there. You know, Shingi Tai Jujitsu. You know, whatever. I'm always around Brazilian Jujitsu guys, training with them. I see. I was never going to get my belt. I, I, because I was Team Shamrock. I'm like, I'm never going to get my Brazilian Jujitsu black. That was my goal. Was never to get. I could have got it. Like I should have had it. Technically, I like. I could have been a black belt. Two thousand six, seven, eight ish. You know, I honestly where like the everything I knew as a black belt, you know, when I tested out, like I knew in 2007, okay. 2006, that was, it was like at the end of my Okinawa journey was when I, I, I can actually say I self-actualized into black belt kind of knowledge, status, understanding, you know, just wasn't officially yet. Yeah. So 2018, I test, <laughs> I tested out under Carlos Catania, Sergio Penha's top guys. And he was just like, yeah, man, you should have had this belt a long time ago, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, and I was honored, you know, I, it, it took me time to pull my head out of my ass and not be so prideful and shit like that and yeah. get on board. It was, it was stupid. Um, but yeah, so when you were in Okinawa, you know, you're doing your regular military job, but then you were able to open a school and train yeah. people there. Like how did, uh, I mean, I don't know. I am trying to think like, how, did you have to like go through any kind of like proper? No, I was on base. Oh, it was all on base. Yeah. 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 It was at the yeah. base fitness at the Reisner. Okay. You know, we had a, we, we had a uh, racquetball court that was changed into a padded room dojo. And they were like, yeah, go for it. And yeah. You were able to, you were, were you able to collect, I mean, money though? Yeah. 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 Well, people, people put, pay me cash, you know, and Okinawa. And um, I mean, would you say, was that probably your favorite um, base? Base. Oh yeah. Ever been in? Yeah, I mean the 
the Okinawans are amazing. Like I remember like, uh, you know, I had two kids at the time, two blonde haired little boys and we'd walk into the mall and like a family would come up to us. Oh, you know, and grab our kids out of our hands. Right. And pass our kids to each other, you know, and their family. And, and you're like, what the hell is going on here? But after a while you just like, Oh, this is cool. This is just, it's so cool. man. Blonde, blonde. Yeah. Most of the crime on Okinawa was done by, like military and military kids like dependents yeah and shit it was always the americans that were fucking yeah, shit yeah, up. yeah. but yeah I remember that okinawa was amazing the food was amazing the people are amazing um i learned so much about myself there and that's like my home away from home one of my students that was there he ended up expatriating there he married a local and he opened up a dojo there and he's got he's got one of the best dojos in japan oh, it's right nice. there in Okin okinawa uh, he produces champions left and right. His name is Benjamin Moore in there. Uh, uh, he's got more in there. Um, uh, MMA self-defense Academy in Okinawa. Um, amazing human. Uh, Do you think during your time there too, like, uh, you know, uh, interacting with the culture and the people there that contributed obviously to, you know, part of who you are today and your spiritual Oh, absolutely. Like that's where I lost all my political thing. I was a heavy conservative, right wing Republican, kind of full retard, you know, believed it was the right way, everything, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. When I was a kid, you know, I was liberal, you know, my, my mom was Democrat, liberal, you know, my, my parents, Democrat, liberal, and I just, you, know, you don't know what the fuck yeah, you're doing yeah, or why, exactly. but I was a Mormon. So the Mormon thing is real conservative. It's real right wing. You know, it's, 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 they're almost like, if you're not voting Republican, you're not a real Mormon, you know, kind of thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But uh, while I was in, in, uh, in Okinawa, our unit was a combat mode mobility element. So we were a mobile airport. We would go into austere places and set up an airport okay. and people would relieve us as a permanent port. And then we'd go someplace else and open up another port and do it again and again and again. So the tsunami happened in 2005, Jakarta, Sumatra. Remember that? Okay. Yeah. So our unit was tasked to go help. So we were the first Americans on ground to help with the tsunami relief. And, uh, first place was Utapal thailand we set up shop and then uh the japanese air force guys or, i mean our air our counterpart unit the talsi was stationed up in mainland japan in uh fuck what was the name of that base not masawa but uh yokohama or yukoda yukoda and uh we're down here and i'm like seeing all this devastation and I'm seeing these people where the they're acting to it and they're all smiles and they're all still going on with their life. They're just moving on. And I'm, and I'm serving these people, helping these people. I spent 45 days in that theater. And we even did a 12 hour mission where we went to Sumatra and Jakarta. We went to Jakarta, picked up a bunch of supplies, like filled up five C one thirties, loose loaded them, pulled through all the regs out channel three mission type thing. And then flew it up to, uh, I forget what it was. We went from Jakarta to Sumatra, smart Sumatra, Jakarta. But oh my God, dude, these were Oompa Loompa humans, dude. Like these people were half my size. These grown ass men were literally, I never seen humans like this. It was like homunculus. And it was just so amazing. I was like, like my first experience. And I just was just so taken back by the attitude and the culture and everything. I just lost my, my I lost my political leanings of anything. Like yeah. I dropped politics on the guy. I became a human. Yeah, a world citizen in a way like I want to love everyone 
I want to serve and and be friends with every human on this fucking planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't I don't I'm not an American anymore. I'm not somebody who's got an agenda anymore. I don't give a fuck. I want peace on earth everywhere. That became my mission in life. You know yeah, what I mean? And you were saying like, you know, they had just lost like everything. They uh-huh. devastated, but their their attitudes were still like because they had their lives. Uh-huh. And it's like, I mean, kind of how we here are so commercialized and we form these attachments to mm, everything. Attachments, yes. All these attachments to these objects. That's like our status symbol or well, whatever. And, and the whole goal, it, the, the whole know. goal in marketing in our world is to get you to uh need your wants instead of wanting your needs yeah you know what i mean we have so much stuff we don't need like if that happens over here people are just like i have it's done oh yeah we die inside because we lost but we even though we're alive and our family's alive and we should you know focus on that gratitude so that's what that was a big aha moment yeah and and i just i just didn't want nothing to do with anything that caused me to like somebody to say i can't love that person yeah i can't like that person because they're on the wrong team kind of thing and i and that was the beginning of me leaving my religion too like i was so like devout with i'd like like my religion was like the 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 mormons like when proposition like that whole proposition eight stuff was going on and the mormons were dumping tons of money there became there's supposed to be an apolitical entity and they were like going against gay marriage stuff mm. look man if we're still worrying about who marries who and where pps go yeah. you know oh my god bro it's been much bigger things though. yeah there's so much bigger yeah. fish to fry and deal with in this country than worrying about where where people put their private parts i remember um during my last deployment you know, my girls were um, like, I came home, Celeste was four when I was over there. And um, Bianca had turned eight while I was over there. And so it's like, they're, you know, they were Iraq. Not, yeah. You know, well, well, I was mostly in Kuwait, but the, you know, your, your father, you're missing your children, you know, you want to make sure you're home to, you know, but I, I remember we were doing a, a run and I seen some kids out playing like kicking a ball you know and i was just like you know no reason why my kids can't be kicking the ball with those kids you know i'm Mm -hmm. I'm being told that these kids aren't you know because they're part of that you know and that that was kind of i started having that similar like most most people do man a lot over there you you go you go into another country and you see how similar other humans are to the way we are like we're we're not unique it's not we're not so different it's yeah we're not the the you know the superior team or yeah and 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 you go to countries where you think oh you're expecting to see ghetto type things war-torn shit it's just like here yeah you'll find places just like here man it's like drive five minutes down the road yeah but they but but our leaders don't want us to know yeah (laughs) that we're all the same you know there's we got to be set up you can't go to war and kill somebody if you look at them as an equal right you know as your brother or sister yeah, you know exactly if they're if they're family see that was another thing like my mormonism like i got so much stuff out of it i got more esoterics out of it like i learned shit that nobody else was learning right yeah like i got a different message out. i got this message of love everyone what did i say did i fucking stutter i said love everyone yeah and that was my thing it was like i literally wanted to be like jesus was you know help people save people get them better you know life of service 
you know, but other people's idea of Jesus was different. There was always these, uh, yeah, help someone, but it's got to be on these terms. And, oh, they're just going to go put a stick. Some, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to give them that 10 bucks. They can either buy a sandwich or they can fucking buy a beer. Yeah. One, either way, they're going to feel better. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. dude, you know what it's like to be homeless? I do. I know what it's like to try to fall asleep on concrete. A good beer buzz will fucking help that happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because I just even just recently, like, you know, I mean, I I came home and I was raised Catholic, you know, and that was kind of like what was fed into me as a child where I didn't have a choice, you know, it was just right. altar boy, all that stuff. So, you know, it took a long time to unlearn the things that I the biggest obstacle I run into on my journey of, of Jesus mm-hmm. I'm relating to. But I run into the biggest problems with my me growing in my Christian faith are other Christians. Yes, coming in and telling me <laughs> absolutely. This is the way yeah, yeah, no, it's other you're, people. You're doing yeah. it wrong. I'm because I'm associate. You know, I even look at like, oh, well, I don't know. You shouldn't be doing yoga. You should be doing jujitsu. What the fuck? Shit like that. Yeah, you're yeah, that, that, oh, and Jesus and Christ! And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And then or the concerts I go to and the music I listen to, and I'm like, Jesus was a yogi. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> he Jesus was, was hanging out with the with the with the sick people. Yeah. You know, if I can be at a concert, Jesus drink and my Buddha water, enjoy music and help somebody else, they're gonna say, Wow, what what makes you different? Jesus and Buddha are brothers, man. Yeah, you know, exactly. They came from the school. The same the same teaching, fucking school man you know but yeah so it's like that's you know i'm really connected with you there because it just i mean it just was recent with me too that more people were and they come to town and i go to their shows and hang out with them i don't know if you should be going to those secular concerts i'm like i'm hanging out with spiritual people that are right dude there's sober there's more of the world in the know? church than there is you know with my friends i'll tell you that yeah, yeah. that's and that's uh, why i left my religion true. that's why i left yeah. my religion that's why you know Look, I, I don't identify as 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 a Christian anymore or anything like that. But if Jesus would recognize me, if you know what I mean, if it's yeah. real, if he's real, he would recognize me as one of his. Yeah. Um, and and if it's if it's Muhammad, he would recognize me. You know what I mean? Whatever. Else. You know, I try to like like what what I learned the the Jesus that I knew was is very different than what everybody else was telling me it was supposed to be what what they thought yeah, it was and I, I just i just <laughs> i just couldn't fucking get down you know yeah. like you know i'm just i'm down with unconditional love you know love yeah. love people anyways kind of thing now I, I suck at it sometimes i'm not great i hate people too yeah, <laughs> you know people get on my nerves i want to fucking crush them there's horrible people in this world yeah um, I mean, we're human yeah it, well we'll get into that but we're i was just constantly human. judged because you know i was cool with everybody and people are telling me i can't be cool with everybody yeah i don't get to be that i have to be this example to the world of you know how to be a perfect man you know it's like oh my god dude yeah that's a lot of weight to carry that is carrying across every day you know it's just like i'm not perfect so it's like why set these unsustainable goals that's how i felt as a catholic i kept going for these brass rings and yeah you know that were just like i could never reach and then that's when i i went totally like into my addictions and you know, the opposite way where it was just like, you know, cursing God and hating, you know, religion and stuff like that. And then I had to be refined over there in the desert, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. and I, then I came back kind of like almost Uber, you know, yeah, with, it happens. With it. and then you, you know, then you kind of, it's all about it's balance. The swing. Yeah. Finding, we we go. Balance, yeah. Yeah. The, you know? the golden mean is, you know, an alchemy. Everybody's, you know, they think about like the alchemists were trying to change, let change lead into gold. No, lead is us. Yeah. It's the, you know, the gold, we're trying to find balance within ourselves. We're trying to find that golden mean within ourselves. Too far virtuous, too far vice. Yeah. Both become vices. 
You know what I mean? Too much virtue becomes a vice. You know, I find myself more attracted to, you know, Star Wars and the force. Yeah, that's know? Taoism, though. But that's yeah. Tao, you're attracted to Taoism yeah. then, you know, because that's the religion that they actually pattern the force after the, you know, the Jedi, you know, the detachment and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's about yeah, Taoism. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not and I don't get that right all the time. Either. But the Tao is great, you know, my man. Fear and anger look, look. So so what I learned from Jesus was Taoism. Like my Jesus is a Taoist. Okay. Like it's more of a, he's more of a, there aren't these defined fine line specific things. It's more about more just, Hey man, go love each other, go have fun, serve each other, be nice, be kind. And that's one thing I'm realizing that it's more about emotion, right? In this world, like the, the vibration that comes from emotion, it's about if you can make people feel good, and you have people in a room, more people in a room that are feeling good, they, everybody feels good. It's mm. contagious. Mm. You know, I never want to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Cause that brings things so low. It, it changes the environment, yep. it changes everything. And I just want to uplift everyone, you know, and that's what I have to have in me. And I've had to learn, you know, and I'm still learning, you know, when I'm in a fear state, you know, because like, you know, I got my, my oldest. When I'm in a fear, you know, how do men yeah. react when they're in fear? It becomes anger. Decisions should never be made in fear. Yeah. And then I'm screaming and I'm yelling and my emotions are getting, and I'm causing, and I'm causing all of our energy to be down. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm dragging everybody's energy down. When, yeah, exactly. When I'm, when I'm, when I step out in faith and in love, I'm uplifting, you know, I'm putting that out. Yeah. I'm trying to. Don't be afraid. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, what's, what's going to, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, if she, you know, I, I got to have that radical acceptance where God forbid, if she's gone, it's like, she, was she mine ever, you know? Oh, now you're going into stoicism. Yeah. Yeah. Now now you're going into stoicism. She, I've I've been blessed to be her father on this realm, but you know, am I really her father? Yeah. No. So I have to think about those kind of things too. It's like, what if one of my kids died? You know, what if one of my kids killed themselves? What if, what if, what if, what if, you know, all these kind of things. And it's like, yeah. I'm learning how to compartmentalize a little bit because my mind is so active and constantly thinking and it never turns off. And I'm always in a SWAT analysis. I'm always looking for threats, weaknesses, you know, yeah. things. My wife's yeah. like, why are you like, you're yeah. such a, no, I'm not yeah. negative. I am a hypervigilant human. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking I'm for the crack. I'm looking for the cracks in the dam. Okay. I'm the one that's examining. I'm waiting to see if what we got to do, something's bad's going to happen in a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, girls, you know, know your surroundings. I grew up as a latchkey you know? kid. You know, I was always looking over my shoulder. I was always afraid. And that's where my fear comes from is because I never had uh consistent parenting, consistent like guardianship, like somebody to make me feel safe. I never felt safe mm-hmm. in my life always 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 was i in fear yeah and that's a that's a growth stunting way to be man oh yeah and then because then you when you do start coming to a realization and healing then you got to go then you got to go do the deep work and heal that mm-hmm. you know, it's like i'm handling things to, when when i react a certain way i know that it's that child's way of reacting right because that's what worked for them but yeah. now it doesn't work anymore and i gotta you know so and there's this way you know child right and, exactly we have to talk know. to our child the, yeah. you know the way we never were talked to so we have to kind of go back in time it's like our minds are time machines yeah we can heal ourselves we can go back in time you ever see butterfly effect with ashton kutcher no i need to though but it was really cool you'd, you'd, be, and you'd go back and you go back in time and you actually change things but you can change yeah. things. you can rewire the trauma by going back in your childhood in your mind 
and reassigning feelings to those moments, going back and reliving them. And it, it's, it's so cool how plastic our minds, the plasticity of our minds, yeah. we can change everything. We can heal everything. We're designed. I think we're designed to be living forever, but all of our food, I mean, dude, yeah. Food Inc. is the number one. Like, watch yeah, the movie Food Inc. You've seen that. it, right? Oh, now, yeah. that is, we, we should stop there with conspiracies and just focus on that. Yeah. All, there's too many fucking conspiracies out there, right? Yeah. But that's the one conspiracy that's 100% proven. It's conspiracy fact. We know that we are being poisoned. We are being yep. fed cancer-causing fucking agents with glyphosate, fucking Monsanto. And all of our food is being engineered and designed and put in a box with all these extra, like, big agriculture is horrible man mm -hmm. you don't want to have big agri you don't want to have industrial agriculture we want to have many small farmers again not these not this oligopoly of three meat producing kfo factory type companies that just give you what you know you know what i mean yeah and i've learned on my journey too you know with healing how our gut health plays a role in our mental health. oh dude it's our second it's brain. Our brain it's yeah. a brain bro yeah you know and i've been and there was years of like you know, where I was poisoning it, you know, just thought it was normal. Feel a little rough this morning, but that was me every weekend, you know, when I was going at it and eating whatever's available at that's open that time. That processed food. Yeah. So and like, 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 so I was just killing myself, you know, and we're, they're putting all like, so soy oil or you know seed oils all these the seed oils so yeah sell it and stuff yeah putting all these all seed that. oils into it which are bad for our, you know our heart now there's good vegetable oils like coconut oil is good for your heart yeah. all that kind of stuff but not, not every seed oil is and they put the shit in everything and this and then you get this whole other fucking movement bro oh my god i can't do this carnivore and and the yeah. and the and the liver king shit that just came through because it's yeah. liver king okay this guy owns cattle ranches Okay. Yeah. Now a business, their number one thing is to reduce waste. That's how you save money in a business is by reducing waste. Now, if you have a cattle company, right? Yeah. And you're selling just the beef and the organs now are waste, or you can sell them to like dog food people, you know, you make less money, but if you convince people to eat nose to tail and eat all the organs again, and organ meat is good for you. All that, there's no lie in that. Right. Yeah. But all he did was convince people to buy, not have any waste in his product because he wanted to sell his organs to the human consumer, not dogs, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's more money in that. So he's making more money. It was a very good capitalist approach to things. But that's all it was. Follow the fucking money. We have a capitalist society. Follow the fucking money. You want to see agendas? You want to see what the agenda is? You want to see what the whole thing's all about? See who's getting paid. Yeah. And why and where yeah. it's going and why. And that's what that was all about. You follow John Joseph at all? Because I know John Joseph. Oh, I mean from Promags? Yeah. No, nah, I don't follow any of those guys. Those guys are fucking retarded. I, I just can't like Harley Flanagan and, and John Joe. Those guys are always at each other. The, the, the nar they're narcissists, dude. It's unreal. Well, John, John's like everything you're saying right now about the food industry i've heard him in many interviews saying the same same stuff so yeah no it's that's the kind of shit we should be focusing on and yeah. everything else will fall in line the real things are this fucking go start with the food stuff focus on what we are being fed how why is cancer so high yeah how is that alternating what our our from what our creator intended for our bodies to be and what he provided you know, right. from a spiritual aspect to feed these bodies and how man is coming in for profit and yeah. twisting it and destroying it exactly you know and then but like we were talking about like you know the mental health stuff the journey that you went on going deep healing the child 
you know, one of the biggest things that helped me um, to even get to the place, because I was, I was, I was in a place where I just, I, I put on so much weight. I didn't want to get out and talk to people or associate, but, you know, I'd follow, you know, I've been new Ray from the music scene, a new Trevor, all those guys follow them on social media. I start listening to Jocko podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, I've always wanted to do jujitsu, but I didn't have the courage or the, you know, anything to even step out of myself to do that. And what year did you start? Uh, I think 2019, like it was before, right before. Right COVID when I started teaching over at yeah. Race. But I, um, but I went through. I, you've this, always been there as, as long as I've been at Ray's. You've been there. I've yeah. You as long as I've been Ray. Yeah. But before I went, you know, before I even had the courage to, you know, and, and these are people I, I kind of knew had a relationship with already. You know, so I should have felt comfortable, but it just, you know, and Ray will tell you, I'm, a, I'm still a head case working through a bunch of shit, but hypnotherapy was mm-hmm. something I did a lot of that really took me in deep to that child. But, uh, but what got me to the door was that inner battle and, and let, healing that child and, you know, dealing with the still, you know, I see a therapist regularly, you know, uh, yeah. still, you know, mental health battle, but I wouldn't even have got to the door if I didn't do the deep work well it's yeah. just being mindful from here on out you know yeah. like, like like i was my psych i was seeing a psychologist at the va and it wasn't i didn't get anything out of my actual visits really but it was just being remote being in the act or in the process of mental health you're you're keeping it in the forefront of mind you're being mindful yeah oh i need to be calm i need to i'm working on calmness i'm working on how i react and if it's in your mind and you're and it's um tangible and you're like thinking about it it, it, and when something happens you're gonna you're less likely to react yeah when it's not when it's not just a primal habit or something you know yeah and and i'm in the act like or i'm reading books and things like that i was just reading uh uh dancing mind thinking body or thinking body dancing mind it's a dao daoist approach to sports and business and life stuff like that and and, and the going back to the mormonism i think that's what i got out of mormonism is taoism okay. <laughs> you know um uh, but I, that's what speaks most to me you know is you know the detachment you know uh not allowing things to affect you so much don't be don't take yourself so seriously yeah yeah it's basically yeah. an anti-narcissism mental health and 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 you know a lot of us in the military with yeah you know the ptsd diagnosis and deal with that um my ptsd is from my childhood so yeah. <laughs> the military didn't get to fuck me up with that <laughs> but um what what do you what's something that you think we can do better to break the stigma of uh, ptsd and mental health don't be afraid just talk about it you know, bring it up. Everybody's just, oh, that's just so uncomfortable. You know, just talk about it. Make it normal to talk about it. Make it a normal thing to fucking break down and, and ask for help. Make it a normal thing not to fucking be this uber machismo tough guy who doesn't ever bend or break. It's like, shut the fuck up. You're, there's no strength to you if you haven't bend or broken. You know, yeah. there's, there's no uh fortification in there you know you're you're wispy and weak you know i want the people who are damaged who've been through shit you know and are still here and with a smile on their face and trying to lift other people up that's what i want those people that were survived the tsunami you know Mm -hmm. you're a great example of you know 
that being okay because it's like you know we come from cultures especially the culture that you're with the fighting and the training and it's like and you know i know with the military it's just like we're almost like trained to, to just throw dirt on it stuff yes it, Hit suck it. It up. if it hurts beat it harder yeah and um you and know, i live so that way i live that way i did it i preached it and i taught it and i feel bad about it. i've hurt many people i probably hurt many people because of that you know what i mean the, you know telling them giving them bad advice of just this tough guy shit you know, like that, I mean, that's a good, that's a good segue right there. This alpha male shit that we're yeah. dealing with in America. It's like, dude, if you're, if you have a checklist of how to be an alpha male, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not a fucking alpha male. <laughs> All right. If you're talking about being an alpha male, you're not an alpha male, you know, if, of what it takes to be an alpha male and how it happens and you're assigning it. Fuck you. You're not alpha. So 2000, go back to 2002. When I first joined the military, the first time I heard anything, it was called type A personality and type B personality. That's all it was called alpha beta you know that's where that comes from type a personality is just the outgoing human who walks in and sees clutter and dysfunction and he or he or she organizes the room he assigns people duties takes charge that is a type a personality it's not me you someone who comes in around someone who comes in and takes charge and does it right the yeah. leader he you know the b the beta was just a person who follows the orders and it's not bad it's not a wrong thing it's not good to be alpha and it's not good to be beta it's not bad or either it's just simply how the world works it's like people you know types of people when you get 10 people in a room if you're going to create something you're going to put people in there according to their strengths and weaknesses yeah right yeah that's all it is it's a it's it's not if people's got to get rid of the competition mind mm -hmm. and go to a cooperation mind I'm a cooperative, not a competitor. I believe we can get far. Like I have a lot of people in my life that think that competition is what drives greatness. No, it isn't cooperation. It's that end product that drives creative. It's, it's that coming together and cooperating and, and moving as one. And yeah. And you know, everybody bringing each other up. Yes. You know, it's not like, Oh, uh, you know, Com competition is this push you down so yeah. I can get up Yeah, kind of thing. No. Yeah. You know, if I pull up, I'm going to, I'm going to reach my hand down and pull you up with me. You know, it might not be the best and healthiest thing for me to get under you and push you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's me getting in the muck in a different way and I can lose my sight. But if I'm stay above and reach for you yeah, and you reach for me, that's how you change. It's, yeah. I can't force you. I can't just fucking get in. Just get up there. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, because I mean, it's it, come on first first reach first come get closer to me this is how you help people yeah come closer to me first do the work to get closer to me yeah, reach my hand not an enabler, we're helping. right and yeah. i'll grasp your hand as hard as you grasp mine and yeah. i will fucking pull i'm not going to do more than what you're willing yeah i used to be the person to fucking just come in and just take care of everything and just take you know help you yeah, do everything that, that burns you out yeah you know? and then it's you and, for your and then usually they, be, they become a narcissist and then you know when i'm not able to continue that kind of service now i'm an asshole yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. i'm not allowing you to beat me up and just do whatever the fuck you want you know so yeah and, and you were talking about you know how many people like when you were that you know how many people you hurt along the way but i mean how much did you really hurt yourself too? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, you can't hurt somebody else without hurting yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. impossible. We're one. It, if I hurt you, I hurt me. If I help you, I help me. But also like, I mean, how physically you've, 
you know, hurt yourself from back there. You had two sh- shoulders. I have, I have 20. Yeah. I have 20 before. surgeries to date now. So, yeah. so fat go back. So I went through selection that one time and then I healed up the best I could in Okinawa and I came back through for pararescue. Then I tore my ankle, had to get sent home, came back, healed up, tore my other ankle and my right shoulder. And then and I still had an invite back, but that was it. Now I entered the year that I had eight surgeries in a row. I had four back-to-back shoulder surgeries and a wrist surgery. And before that in the military, I had to have my, I had to have Kevlar, my whole abdomen is Kevlar mesh. Um, I had really bad hernias. I had to get my sinuses drilled out so that I can go to dive school for the air, for the pressure, you know, okay from water pressure you know shit like that so i had to get my sinuses bored out so i could just go to i never even got to dive school (laughs) fuck dude you know i i i had to i I went through surgery just so i can go through selection (laughs) and i didn't get to make it so but i have letters of appreciation from so many airmen who made pararescue made through selection because of my training them like i have guys that i like because i because i can I figured I cracked the code, man. I know how to train people up and pass the course. Yeah. I was on the track myself, but my fucking body, I have what's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. You know, those Gumby people, like you see how far I can pull my oh, okay. body, right? So that's why my spine is hypermobile, why I had to get my spine fused, like arthritis is falling in because all my joints just move around on each other and they're all unstable. Oh. So I learned also that my body being unstable is constantly trying to stabilize itself and it puts me in a state of fight or flight. So I'm in, there's a PTSD there for my body, just from the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. My body's on a high sense of alert of holding everything tight, mm-hmm. so, which is why I go into anxiety attacks bad. My generalized anxiety disorder is actually coming from my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. My body's in a state of <gasps> what the fuck all the time. You know, I'm holding on to it, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that fear and everything. So then you can't, crap you know yeah and you're gonna ride it in your hips and your back's gonna go yeah, out so, and, and and it was just like i was worried coming to your class this morning i'm like man i hope i don't finally like have to take a shit <laughs> out there you oh, know dude. as we were doing you know passing we store trauma yeah, in our we muscles store so much trauma in our muscles and but living in chronic pain constantly you know like we were saying earlier it's like we don't always get get it right to be that loving human because mm-hmm. when you're in freaking pain you're irritable so you're more likely to lash out. So it's like we're trying to yeah. find that balance to be that person. And then I don't know. I'm sure. You're and then our like loved me. ones get secondary PTSD from walking yeah. on eggshells around exactly. us assholes. Then I know I beat myself up because I reacted the way I reacted. To mm-hmm. that shame and guilt, you know. So it's like. Yeah, it sucks. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate shame and guilt. I live with that shit all day, every day. Yeah. In one way or another. I mean, I mean I've been learning to keep shorter accounts when I screw up. Like I've been i've been reaching out my daughter all since last night like i'm so sorry i love you it's just that's i'm scared just admit that i'm scared and that's why i'm acting the way i'm acting you know but before you know my pride and stuff wouldn't let me do that and just like it's just the way it is you got to deal with it you know yeah walk around like that and where does fear come from it comes from ignorance yeah and it's the word ignorance meaning not knowing unknowing so you don't know what the future is and that brings you fear Mm -hmm but you want to control that, you know? So you got to let go of the control. You got to realize you were never in control in the fucking first place. I got to remember that. You know what I mean? I'm not in control. And God damn, that's a fucked up thought. 
yeah. that's a hard one. And that's to chew, where, right? that's where I, I'm glad I'm in the, the recovery program I'm in because we say the serenity prayer often. And when we were going through, you know, all that uncertainty in 2020 as my jujitsu mm-hmm. journey was kind of starting and my health journey. And then all of a sudden it's just like, what the fuck? We can't do shit, you know, but I had to remind myself, well, I have no control over what do I do have control? I have control yeah. over what I do. Like when yeah. everybody was pissing and moaning, I was like, you yeah. thought you like, you think this is a free country, man. Yeah. Like I, I, we were in the military. We lived communism. We, we, we volunteered to go live a communist lifestyle. All right. And we know that that's in one switch that can happen to the whole country. It can happen yeah. to the whole country. And then, you know, I mean, I know one of my hardest things with, with my transition after the last deployment too, was just like your, your days are assigned for you, you know, your hours and everything yeah. is like, you know, so you had that structure, which I like structure. Like what do I do with my life. Well, the thing about, you know, it's a two edged sword, really. I mean, like one, it makes things easier and keeps things going. It's good for large things, but humans don't do well. Glee and spiritually with redundancy or like you know doing the same thing over and over and over again our brains shrink our brains become useless you know we lose the plasticity of our brains when we are constantly challenging our brains with new things like one simple thing don't take the same route to work every day take a different route change things up do something different don't become predictable when you go on cruise control that's when everything becomes shitty you know what I mean? It's kind of that, you know, like going back to follow the money and everything, though. You know, it's like that's they kind of want us just yes. get up. Absolutely. They want us dumb. Pressing the button. A dumb nation is yeah. easy control. Dumb, not growing, you know, not yeah. growing, not thinking. Dumb and unmotivated. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. You know, just show up, press was, the button. I was telling, go home, I was talking to, processed food. talking to Josh LaDuke. Lover boy came on. Right. Yeah everybody's working for the weekend oh, you know yeah. so that right there is classic yeah. you're working for the weekend when i see people loving sports i'm like oh <laughs> yeah. fuck god damn your football and your baseball and your programming and this is what they want from bread you and circuses yep. yeah bread and circus bread dude and circus. You've, you've you've fucking and- traded in your fangs and your talons for fucking I mean, I still got, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm like, I'm with you with football and all that stuff, but I still got my, you know, more UFC. So I, when I see some jujitsu, it's like, oh, I know what that is now. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, follow along. You can play. So I can, I can play along now. I've I've been a big, you know, me and Wyatt, our our connection is uh, pro wrestling. We're big pro wrestling fans. So we always talk about that stuff. That's my kind of bread and circuses, but it doesn't, you know, if I miss it, I'm not like, yeah, my, my, See, I have this theory, like, like the whole reason why we have sport, what sport it's competition It's to keep us charged for war. When we stop seeing sports on TV, we'll stop seeing wars. Yeah. When you see, when you stop seeing people giving a shit what their team did and not fucking like, dude, when you're not seeing Ohio state flipping cars and burning down the whole goddamn town because of a victory or a defeat, you know, but, like it, it makes no sense to me. But it blows my mind too, you know, where I get a, get crazy it's like you have that much passion to go out there over your your team winning but if we did that to the the food companies that are poisoning us mm-hmm. you know there would be change yeah you know, we share, share that kind but we're of too stupid here. we're selfish you know? and stupid yeah and you a know? short memory span that's the problem with humans yep easily distracted Prado's law you know, man but you always got to remember Prado's law the 80 20 rule 
20% of a company is what's running the company. The rest of the 80% are just there following along and probably causing problems for the 20 that's trying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's the whole world. This world's running off of 20% intelligence. Learn something new. You know? That's what's good about jujitsu is that, or learning music, not just playing music, but actually constantly learning new songs and creating songs. Same thing with jujitsu. It's endless. You can constantly change things. You play, you, you play these scenarios through like the matrix or something almost, mm -hmm. you know, like you, where it's like a new guy like me, it's like, I don't know what to do next, you know, but it's like, I'm, I start, I start learning. The more I show up, the more, you know, I, I learn it, but I love sitting and watching the way you explain things. Like your, your head is so far ahead on things, but it's also like, you know, then you'll add in like, you know, where you're the, the spiritual aspects and stuff like that. I guess, you know, what I'm saying too, is like your, your brain, your, where your brain's at, that's, that's what's attracted me to wanting to learn under the, your, your, your classes and stuff. But I see what you're, what you're saying is like, how we learn, how we keep teaching our brain and growing our mm -hmm. brain. Cause it's like, you're doing a puzzle basically, you know, like how they say for the old people to do crossword puzzles, yes. keep their mind sharp and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, I'm doing a puzzle with another human being. You know? Yeah. Well, another part about it is like uh, martial arts and music that teaches you how to use both hemispheres of your brain in tandem instead of just using one or the other. Oh yeah. You're you're it's, it's creating a bridge between the two hemispheres. So you can use your brain even more. I mean, we, we're capable of that. Yeah. When we're not poisoning ourselves and distracting ourselves and dumbing ourselves down and letting our frequency stay in fear. Mm -hmm. and, and Fear and hate. Fear Those and are two, hate. two yeah. things that are just fucking gross, man. I wanted to get back to your, to your journey, too. So your time in the military, you end up uh, finishing that up. Yeah, um, that was uh, 2009. I got so I had a bunch of surgeries. Yeah. Uh, I was up to 225 pounds. I was on eight different medications. Oh. Uh, I was because I had all the surgeries going on. So they put me on. So I went from being a, a, a hundred mile an hour athlete to zero to overweight, 225 pounds, couldn't hardly breathe, you know, yeah. shit like that. And it was from all the meds they had me on. They had me on Lyrica. Yeah, that's gabapentin or whatever, right? No, 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 no. That's that's uh, Neurontin. Okay, I, I was, was on it. I, I was, was on, on that, that though. Too, and that's where so, I blew up a lot. So Neurontin, gabapentin, Neurontin. I was on uh, Lyrica and Celexa. There two. One one was an antidepressant for fibromyalgia, and the other one was just a regular antidepressant. Yeah. Percocet, Ativan, Clonopin. Would they they switch those two out? Those are your benzos. Um, Speed for the day was my Concerta, Ritalin, uh, Ambien at night, and then um, muscle relaxers. So there's a, yeah, that's, that's the, so I, and I was on that hangover. every single day I was on that. Yeah. You talk about the, the hangover too. It's just like from those meds. I remember when I was on a lot of that stuff, what motivation do you have to get out of bed in the morning? Oh, none, dude. Like, and then serious. the pain on top of it, of not being able to move, you know, yeah. you know, it was Stores. just very, uh. Yeah, man, I almost lost my family. I almost lost my life. I'm, you know, suicidal during that time. I was just, but through marijuana, I got off of everything. Like I just, by two, by, by two, 2007, I was on all that shit. And then by 2012, I was off. I got off just by using marijuana. 
I know when I was on gabapentin and stuff, and that was for like, you know, maybe that stuff made me a zombie, bro. Oh my God. So I went through a period where it's like, you know, I was still in college at the time and I was on that and uh, I wasn't, I, I didn't, my prescription was running out and I had to contact the VA to get the prescription refilled. Well, it just happened to be like a holiday weekend or something and I forgot to do it. And, you know, they're closed on the weekend, federal holidays. So uh, Gabapentin's not something you can cold turkey. Yeah, I, 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 I was watching uh, Celestial's basketball game up here at the rec, man. And I'm sitting in the back, like, sweating. And I, I go, is this what, like, a heroin junkie feels like? Mm-hmm. You know, just like I felt like. So I knew that in my brain, the brain pops or whatever. I was like, I knew this is something that if it's doing this to me, if, if it's making me this dependent on it, I don't, I don't want to be on it. Yeah. I'll fucking rather just be in pain or figure something else out. And I ended up connecting with this veterans group out in Idaho called higher ground. Huge part of my healing journey as well. We did like recreational therapy, went horseback riding in the sawtooth mountains and fly fishing and drinking water right out of the, the, the spring coming out of the mountain and everything. It was a beautiful experience, but I connected with another vet that uh, was a diver and he owned a hyperbaric oh, wow. facility and he offered free hyperbaric uh, treatments for veterans and a loft that you could stay in while you're getting the treatments done. All you had to do was pay for your food and your travel out there. So the next year I took my girls and we went out there and we stayed like a month and I did that. And it, it speed also speeds up the process of when you're, you know, taking getting off a of medication, mm-hmm. detoxing. And I, it, that helped me get off gabapentin. It helped me with so much. That's awesome. uh, So it's like now I'm like down to hypnotherapy and all the other parts of of my journey to get me to where I'm, you know, even after my heart attack, you know, they threw me on a bunch of pills because you got to be on them for a little bit. But then you just start eating right. Your body starts doing what it's supposed to be doing. And now I'm just down on like two, two prescription, maybe three. Like baby, baby aspirin. and Yeah. Yeah. Baby aspirin. And, you know, so then you were you like medically retired then? Yeah. 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 I just got awarded my 100 percent. I went back because like I, after I got out and I got 80 percent, uh, I ended up having four spinal surgeries and uh, three knee surgeries. Yeah, I remember when so you had that, that one. That boot that jacked up my my rating. They gave me 100 percent permanent. And then it was cool because I, it was open for a year. So I had a year's worth of back pay. Oh, from when I opened my case yeah. until I closed it. Yeah. And I got awarded. I woke up one morning to like 30 grand in my, my bank <laughs> yeah. account. I was like, nice. we're out of debt. <laughs> I just got out of debt. <laughs> yeah. The, it seems like the real stuff that actually does anything to help people insurance won't cover. You can't get it through the VA. No, nah, psychedelics is also a good route. <laughs> it, it's been beneficial. I've had, uh, I've had another guy in a, in a jujitsu journey that's been, kind of pointing me that way for because a majority of what i still battle is all up here yeah and it'll help me kind of like it's like a it, it gets you it gets you out of you your know? shit dude it, it, it helps you the, 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 the clutter in your mm-hmm. brain, you know so I, things yeah. out the files I'm, for I'm me for me it gets it gets rid of the the bullshit talk in my head i need to go do this and i'll have all these reasons in my head why i'm not gonna do it if i take a microdose in the morning of like psilocybin i don't have that i just do it i don't have that thing in my head making things complicated i can just go function yeah and 
see where I battled with that is it's almost like going back to like a religion thing where everybody's telling you about how your religious journey should go. Well, you know, I'm, I go to AA meetings regularly. So that almost becomes like another religion because the old timers are telling you, you know, well, if you're, if you're, if you're not just cause you're not drinking, don't mean you're, you're in recovery. If you're going to go use this, cause they don't look at marijuana as medicine, you know, they don't look well, at it. You, you got to go California sober is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then, it, then it, you know, it's like, well, that's where I got to just say, well, I'm sorry. Weed is, is not a human. drug. It's a yeah. fucking plant. <laughs> exactly. My brother is that, you know, so, and I, and I'm there as well, but I'm just like, you know, it's, it's me having to take ownership of my but, healing and my journey but it also isn't it might not be right for you and it's got to be on your you know? terms and yeah but you also might be thinking wrong you know yeah. you, you you could be off on your thinking you know i've been there a thousand times where i thought i had to do things a certain fucking way and no i did not yeah that's just my brain making that's my another example of it making it co overly complicated yeah when it didn't need to be in the begin with yep I got so much fucking clutter in my head. I got too many voices out there, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I can relate. I feel you on that. I have like three different people and they're talking, you know? It's and they're like, not all my friends, you know? No. They're not all trying to help me. You know, it, it, the one that's that's my, my, you know, like biggest cheerleader, you know, is probably the one that's the, the quietest, the whisperer. Yeah. But that's why I got to get quiet at times too, you know? Yep. To get focused more on meditation and listen to that quiet voice. Back to, so you get medically retired mm -hmm. and then, you know, martial arts always been a part of your thing. When do you start like continue teaching? And So like I, I did it right away. Like, so I was teaching the whole time. I was, even though I was getting med boarded and stuff, I was still teaching jujitsu. Like, okay. and uh, I had three main guys that I trained and uh, they're all black belts and bjj now and everything too like they, they got their black belts and bjj before me my students did they uh so anyways um i get out uh i go to my coach's barn right away and i start you know advertising and teaching a little bit here and there and really nobody i nobody picked up so i was like okay i'm gonna make one more i'm all busted up there's no fucking possible way but i come up with this idea i'm gonna do one more mma fight to get my name out there and just and win and do really good and they'll see how good i am and everybody will want to come learn from me that was my plan okay yeah um so i started training up and then one day i woke i wake up with my left arm paralyzed mm. and it's from my neck yeah so i ended up having to get that fused in 2011. so 2010 i start the journey of making another run 2011 i'm getting my neck fused and then a year later, 2012, I woke up with my left leg paralyzed. And that's when I had to get my lower back fused. So I've had four spinal operations from, from that. And that was when I was living at Strong Style. Okay. I was a coach living at Strong Style. And that's when all that shit happened. 23rd, fast forward, 2013, uh, I start college uh, for business management, graduate 2017, 2018 started working for grappling industries driving for them around country around the country okay. i started networking with a bunch of different you know getting to know different people in the jiu-jitsu community okay got my black belt in 2018 um finished up with them in 2020 driving my back got really bad my pelvic floor got weak my lower back got really bad I almost had to get surgery again because of driving for two years mm. rehab that i'm just now getting that better <laughs> that's just now feeling better yeah, I mean, it's just like I 
taught that I always go back to teaching. Teaching is my savior. Yeah. Is my is how I stay sane. Yeah, is by yeah, teaching jujitsu as well. You know, passing along. You got all this bouncing around in your head, and it's like you know how they say to journal sometimes. Well, you're you're sharing, you're teaching. You know, yeah. it's you getting it out, and we're the, we're the canvas that yeah taking it. You know, so yeah. So then you said you were like living at Strong Style. Yeah, like yeah. I was actually room. living. I had a yeah. I had a blow up mattress in the office. They, uh, I would just be the. Fr- I'd get up at five thirty. You know, like the first class was at five thirty in the morning. I got up and ran the group training oh, wow. and stuff. And uh, it was just because I I was I had to work every day and driving an hour every day. I was trying to save some gas money, so yeah. I would spend some nights at the gym. Okay, all right. But I woke up one morning. I had to crawl to go set up the the workout stations for the class that was about to happen. And I laid on the ground with my stopwatch and I went to the hospital once that was done and got that, you know, found out what was going on and fuck that drop. I have, I have like permanent nerve damage. I don't have all my muscle in my arm or in my left leg. My left leg's shorter is smaller than my right leg and my left arm smaller than my right. During this whole time, then you started, you know, I mean, I, I forget how did you ended up getting connected with us at RTSC? Um, just good question. At, uh, at like I don't know, how, dude. I honestly don't even. I don't even know how that happened because I always I remember seeing Ray and always thinking, like, he's a looks like a dick. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way he talked. You know, he's yeah. just he's just uh, 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 you know. But when yeah. you get to know him, he's he's awesome. He's yeah. just he's just a great guy. Um. Honestly, who, what was it? We was just it, had that talk this week. It might have been a meal left. or something. I don't even know how it happened. But, like, I yeah, came well. in and I taught something somehow. And he was like, yeah, I want you here from now on, you know, oh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I liked him right away. Once, you know, you know what I mean? That's how Once it is a lot. Through, of, yeah. Well, I have one of those faces, too. Everybody tells me, I mean, my whole family, everybody tells me I'm, I'm an asshole. I look like an asshole, yeah, you know? People that want to. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for Ray, the, Ray can't be. Can't, can't get offended if i say he looks like you know because no. I, I recognize him had that talk like right before i just burped in your microphone account. like you were saying with the the one student this morning too about using their voice and speaking up you know you're paying to learn this you got to be able to speak up and that and i and I, like i was telling him I'm like well sometimes people are just intimidated don't want to come talk to you but it, he's like well i can't help that like I don't know. Try and fake smile more or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just that's all you got to do. That's like, like, I look like an idiot. Like, I'm just smiling. I feel, I just, you know, I wear a hat, you know, like I usually wear like a boonie hat, you know, you know, I try to make myself look softer. You know what I mean? Not as hard. Not, I, I try yeah. to make myself look a little bit goofy, you know? So uh, I want to be approachable. I want little kids to not fear me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you exactly. Know? I know. Uh, now speaking of like goofy and stuff now i heard something and you can uh you know share if you want or or tell me that i heard wrong or whatever but i heard some story uh with some male stripper um situation that you're involved with or something a male stripper some male stripper story that you oh okay okay so at the lines then okay is this what you're talking about i, like, I believe so so yeah. lines then like we we trained full time like jason had money that he saved up and he had money living off of i didn't so i you know we're talking about getting jobs and shit and they were trying to talk me into becoming a male stripper at a gay at a gay (laughs) at a gay bar 
because you can make like 2000 in a night, you know, some, some crazy. And he's like, most of those guys are straight. Don't worry. You know, you don't got to be gay to do it. You don't got to let them touch it. And they're, it was just like this close to like, Oh, I like them talking me into fucking being uh, a stripper at a game. <laughs> That's the story. That had been on the resume. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we, we talked earlier too about like, you know, swimming was something that you had to overcome that uh -huh. swimming. Now I love the water. Yeah. Cause I, I had seen, you know, that you still will come do um, occasionally the pararescue water confidence training. Yeah. Like, so I train people. So back to that. Yeah. Like, so remember I said, I have people who written me letters saying, you know, Hey, if it wasn't for you, I never would have made it. Yeah. There was people on team and there was also people that I just trained at base who wanted to go through selection. So I trained them up and taught them how to train. Um, but yeah, the, you got this thing called deep end fitness now or yeah. underwater torpedo league. You can follow them on Instagram. They're doing exactly what my friend Mike Maroney and I, you know, came up with was to go around training people how to do this. Now it's not just for pararescue selection. Water confidence training is great mm -hmm. to keep your brain still yeah. calm, get rid of that anxiety. This is what we were talking about earlier. This yeah. is one of those things you can actually do to help yourself get that's rid of your anxiety like, I naturally you post about that and that's why i was like this looks like something i might want to do like even like i hear scuba diving is like very therapeutic yeah. with because it's all about the breathe you know you're learning how to breathe and stay calm in stressful situations yeah and and my biggest obstacle well one of my biggest obstacles with my jujitsu journey so far is just my breathing you know with my training uh -huh. i don't breathe right and when you're talking about boring the sinuses i'm like maybe that's why i've had two deviated septum surgeries and all this and it still doesn't seem to help or i can't breathe probably. do you get sinus infections yeah. a lot yeah, yeah so you're you're turbinate so what is what the the actual yeah. process what they did was a turbinectomy you have turbinates in here like caverns and okay. things what they have to do is like you have to cut out some of the tissue because it's too thick yeah and swollen there's not enough room for this mucus to drain out of and they they inflame real easy and you can't breathe yeah and that, and that, so me and my doctor you know bounced around like some some more stuff but then i've been kind of like cautious like i don't know is it going to be like worth it but it's like you know so much with with our breath and breathing properly and breathing through your nose yeah, we're, we're supposed to be nose nose breathers yeah i'm sucking when i'm doing the the cardio and circuit and ray's always hey slow down breathe properly you know because it's like especially after a heart attack and putting so much pressure yeah. in my mouth breathing you know so it's like yeah, I, I just got to go in and get it fucking done, you know. It helped it me. It helped me so much, you know. It helped me a lot. But, yeah, I saw you did that, you know, the the you still go do the water training. You love the water now. And I'm sure with all your surgeries and aches and pains, too. when you It's much that, better than running. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, better exactly. cardio for me. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you've worked with, um, I mean, you brought uh, Dave. And they, uh, Dave Patron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your patient. Is that Matt Pinfield above that? Yeah. <laughs> was so, he was he the host of 120 minutes on MTV? Yeah, he was host of 120 minutes. And then you had Headbanger with Ball with Rich, Rich, Ricky Rackman Ricky was Ratman, the who I've had on the podcast. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah, just recently. And I'm actually, you know, I've been blessed to become friends with Pinfield. I'm trying to get him on. Dude, that guy sometimes. is a fucking encyclopedia of music yes yeah i couldn't exactly. believe like just listening to him like interview people i remember yeah. him i was just like this guy's smart yeah this guy is yeah. so he's, smart he's, he's awesome i got the chance to become friends with him 
on on like my my journey now in music and like when he was in town like for the festival at Mansfield last year I got to hang out and talk with him when he wasn't doing the interviews and on in in the, in the and we just talked about our kids and because he's a, a, a daughter, you know, he's got two daughters also and stuff and great, great, great dude. So I'm trying to work on getting, getting him on, man, but he's, he's awesome. But yeah, brought in Dave. But, but yeah, so, uh, so through your, your, your journey, you know, so many people form so many relationships um, and you brought Dave in catch wrestling, you know, when did that come part of your that was ken shamrock that's what i learned from ken okay. shoot fighting catch wrestling same same okay um uh, that's what i was that's my first grappling art is catch wrestling i was you know I'm, was known as good but i don't even like talking about catch wrestling because that community is just so fucked up yeah um it's just a bunch of nerdy keyboard warriors fucking behind their couch you know not in shape at all telling everyone that's not catch wrestling that's not catch oh shut the fuck up yeah. You're not a catch wrestler. How about that? You don't get to fucking say what catch wrestling is or is not. <laughs> Things that you do for recovery. Um, the straps where you're hanging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, the yoga straps. Yeah. How do like, how... that's 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 all that's all falls under your uh traction. You know, you have your hang up boots, and you be it back in the day we had our the the boots we would put on with the hooks and you put them on a pull-up bar and hang upside down. And now we got those tables, those inversion tables. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Same, same. So, it's just, okay. but you're hanging from your hips instead. So you're unlocking your hips, just hanging yourself from different ways. Okay. So if you hang from your ankles, you're going to open up your knees and your ankles better, a little bit of your hips. You hang from your hips, you're going to open up more your spine, your hips See, more. Yeah, that's what I need to try and work on something like that because i've done the inversion table but it doesn't seem to ever help my no what you need to do is find a couple the couple studs put a couple eye bolts in there and hang up your hang up a swing a yoga hammock down here and just turn upside down it's fucking great cool right yeah there's all kinds of modalities of of things you know i do yoga i do stretch you know uh functional patterns type thing like you know the functional patterns work out thing that people are doing you know compound movements and things like that that stuff helps my body i can't do regular power lifting anymore i have to transform the way i i train in all ways because i'm yeah. so busted but it's more you know keeping fluid keeping yeah. mobility yeah full range you know? of full range of motion like kind of thing when yeah. we when we become stagnant that's when you know the sickness spreads or the, the yes influence. yeah a sitting deck is a sitting duck is a dead duck yeah you know you yeah. got to keep moving you've got to keep moving because when you when you also when you're not moving what are you doing you're rusting you're gonna rust rest yeah. rest equals rust yeah so yeah so yeah and then when you're sitting and sometimes with us with our you know with our uh mental health you know being still isn't the best for our no mine either we no but but you can occupy yeah you you can rest in motion though there's active recovery so like tai chi mm-hmm. stuff like that yes right? yeah yeah don't don't stop moving yeah rest doesn't mean you know the right kind of rest is not sitting still and not moving it's it's doing the right things rest is an active thing not a passive okay think of it that way and rest then- rest is recovery even back from you know as a youth when you first got into martial arts 
you know, there's, you've got to have a strong mind mm. to push. Yeah. There's lots of pain to go through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what have you but done over the years? Pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and as we talked about like how, you know, first you had the mindset where it's just like, yeah, you're hurting others, but it was hurting you as well. And as you transition now where you're, where, where you're at, you know, with your thoughts, but what do you do still today to kind of continue that to help stay motivated, keep your brain? Like, <laughs> ah, God, what do I do? Uh, well, I have four kids. <laughs> That's what I do. You know what I mean? It's I, I have, I've done so much work on the front end of my life that the back end isn't now money wise, isn't it how I'm working, you know, but like, as far as who I am and what I've become, I put a lot in the front end, you know, yeah. I got in the back end here is more main maintenance and keeping yeah. things up. Like uh, it, it really comes down to what keeps me drive. What gives me the drive? What gives me that is that I've got four kids that still have to make it in life. Yeah. I made it. I made them. They didn't ask to be made, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like that. that you gave me life, but now show me how to live that, that yeah. one audio slave yeah. lyric, you audio know, slave, yeah. uh, show me how to live. Um, uh, and that's what my whole, you know, is that also I love like, like I, I am a conspiracy theorist, but not like, I don't go full idiot. Like, like the whole world's going, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's real things and there's things that are just so fucking far fetched. Come on. Yeah. You know, there's David Icke the earth isn't flat. Yeah. it's not fucking flat you know <laughs> you know that, that's i don't go that i can't, can't that, that, get in there that was like you know those guys i'm more you know jesus was an alien you know like if there was a god there was an alien you know i'm more about aliens like and shit like, yeah Scott, yeah know, along those lines like yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's more that's i'm more that vibe right but i find life so fucking interesting and i don't want to die i have fomo so bad fear of missing out i want to know how this all ends yeah, I want to live forever. So I just, I just keep going, you know, and that's distraction, like not thinking about the pain is how I get through the pain, you know, but like, it's a good question you're saying like, so right now I'm, I'm in this problem, like working out for my health is hard to do because even picking up a weight hurts. Yeah. I have to go through physical pain to pick up a weight, especially with this hand. This hand is completely arthritic. Yeah. Like I have no soft tissue in here whatsoever. And it's the weather up here does not bone on bone. Bit, you know? Yeah. And, and it hurts so bad just to work out. It hurts so bad to go run, to get my lungs pumping. It hurts to swim. It hurts to do any of these things. So it's, I'm not doing really, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not doing great at it. I, this yeah. is actually, I'm in, you were asking me this question while I'm actually in this conundrum that I'm trying to reverse. I'm trying to work out more right now in my life. I'm trying to actually start working out more than I have been. And I have to get through that. And it's just, it, you just fucking do it. I don't know, man. There's no way of making well, it nicer. Like it's, how, it's shit. It was jumping in cold water is jumping in cold water. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's one of my favorite things for recovery is jumping in cold water. The ice bath that we have there, our TSC is probably like something I've learned to, Love I have a adjust, picture but... of me in a 52 degree ice bath that I did for 20 minutes because para when I was in para rescue selection, everything hurt and yeah. I didn't have enough ice packs. So I just threw all the ice in this fucking 20 minutes. Wow. 20 minutes. I had high, I thought I was almost hypothermic. I was stupid. I didn't know any better. Um, but I'm sitting there, I'm out in 110 degree sun heat, weather. Texas freezing my ass off 
walking to the chow hall. Yeah, I can't yeah, fucking move. Especially you know, after like, 20 minutes. Oh, uh, it was bad. Yeah. Dude. Everything was stiff, and I couldn't fucking move. I overdid it, obviously. Lucky when I make it to ten. But um, they say it's just like three minutes, right? You're only supposed to do like three minutes yeah, for the three, actual yeah, benefit. I, I try and do like I, I try and do five, and then that's. See, I want to do hot. I want to actually have the actual hot sauna, cold plunge, hot sauna. That's actually there, before there, all this happened. Before Wim Hof came about and all this kind of shit. Yeah, this was called. Russian hydrotherapy. Yeah. And all that breathing that Wim Hof does, he didn't invent that. The Russians have been doing that forever. This that goofy They're martial art. The, the vibration plates too, I from what I are they? The Russians? Yeah. Probably. Russian astronauts. Yeah. For bone density, like increasing bone density and stuff. Yeah. But there was a place um called Anianakai in Toledo that my friend got me connected with. And I actually interviewed her, the woman that runs that facility on, on here before, um, Charmaine. But I went out with my buddy because he does water filtration systems. And, and he's done one here in my place. And, and, and he did one for their facility out there. So I went out with him because he was telling me all about it. And I was like, I want to check this place out, you know, because they do all kinds of like holistic medicine stuff there. And they had exactly what you were talking about, that you sit in the hot sauna. And then you jump in the ice bath and then you sit in the hot sauna mm -hmm. and they have you do that a couple times. And it's like, it, it creates a pumping. Yeah. Of your yeah. lymphatic. Like, I mean, you system. talk about us being energy and vibrations. I was feeling uh -huh. you know, a big time doing that. So I'd, I'd love to make another trip back out there. And if I get a chance, I'll. Yeah. Let me know. I'll go. You know, I want to do it. It's a sweet place. Um, been through physically, just how you're able to just keep, pushing mentally no it just hurts man too. it just hurts so my son and i we for the first time i finally listened to david goggins like listening to his story i, I watched the joe rogan podcast my son and i were driving down yeah, to columbus we had like an hour and a half drive and we're sitting there fucking my son goes dad this guy's you you're this guy you're this you guys are the fucking same exact fucking human yeah you just different different parts different experiences you know what i mean but fundamentally and he was asked the same thing it's just no it just fucking hurts bro there's no getting around it you yeah. just have to fucking do it your your love for life has to be more than your fear of your pain man you see what i mean but love yeah. conquers fear love is the antidote to fear yeah faith is the antithesis of fear you know what i mean love and yeah. faith are one you you know what i mean now i hate the word hope it's such a it's a slave's word yeah i like the word faith because it's an action word yeah. it's a verb yeah not a noun all right you have to do shit to show it faith without works is dead you know yep. some say you know it's like i will show you my faith by my works yeah okay that's you know they say oh you can't get to heaven without works. shut the fuck up about your works. you're not even understanding what the fucking scriptures mean in the first exactly place. it's yeah. all written in parables and it's like you have to have yeah. the eyes and you gotta have to have some certain hermeneutics too yeah. you have to understand what what was going on at the time what was the slang being used what were the what are these words you know they don't mean the same fucking thing yeah exactly. like the word sin in greek philosophy isn't the same as christian faith or christian belief sin just means you're doing something that isn't getting you to where you want to go yeah anything that is contrary to your path to your goal yeah. mm -hmm. that's what a sin purpose. is yeah. it makes you anything that misses you makes you miss the mark yeah yeah exactly now um shit what was that what was i just gonna say because um oh yeah you know the loving loving 
life more life than... more than the pain like i mean la- it was last winter it was right around this time last winter it was like probably one of the coldest winters we had in a while we kind of been spoiled and that's what really triggers my fibromyalgia you know like the cold mm-hmm. weather and that's I, me too i fucking gave in and, and i didn't go train jujitsu for months last year and put weight back on mm-hmm. everything went backwards ray was on me you know just like dude just come in and stretch just come in and do something you know and i didn't fucking let and i regret it because who knows where he's so good today. like that too man you know? just like he is that tough hard ass coach but he's so fucking kind and and he's smart yeah you know just come in and fucking stretch just Dude, fucking be there just come hang show out. up yeah be, you know walk you in the do. door it's all you have to do is walk in the, the fucking door you know yeah show and up. uh yeah man i i owe that guy so much man you know I'm, I, that's why it's like you know i proud to be his friend and do what i do you know at the gym him and when he busts your balls he's doing it because he loves you yeah yeah, exactly you know know, but um you know it's like i I look back and i and i told him after i finally came back i was like man i should have been you know he's like well you're here now you know and it's like let's not have a repeat you know i'm like i and and since i've been like accepting where i'm at and stop the comparison the competition part Mm -hmm. the 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 comparing myself yeah without competition there's no comparisons yeah (laughs) you know i'm but it's like you know i mean and not that i you know if i was in a better shape i wouldn't want to do a competition just to cross it off my list and Mm -hmm. say i did one or something i'm not but the my competition was i was competing against my teammates in my head where they were at you know not Mm -hmm. you know you know comparing myself down and just like out of the fucking the game before I even showed up and everything. And now it's just like, since I've gotten through that and I'm just like, I accept where I'm at. And if I'm just a little bit better than I was the day before, that's a win. And, you know, and everybody, we got a good environment there. He builds a good, you know, family type atmosphere there. You know, that's when the stress that I was putting on myself started going away too. And that's when I've now been, actually losing the dropping some of the weight you know pretty wild stuff huh? go yeah because i was holding on to all that fucking shit you know too you know Just let it go and man. it's like yeah when did the the psychedelic you know when did you realize that how much that has helped your journey and everything too and how you know you mentioned a little bit about microdosing and stuff i'm gonna talk about how that helps it pulled me it it broke the cycle it like it broke the poison, the poison ideas, the poison thoughts, the, it, it helped me grab a hold and take control of my mind mm. in a way that I never understood. Like I was tapping into it. So when I was a teenager, I, I was, I ate acid, you know, once in a while and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wasn't, and I didn't do it to party. And like, like I, I used it to make a decision to go out to California or the Hague. I knew when I was young, like I was already a shaman, you know, like yeah. I like, something was up i, I knew to just there's... sit in the bathroom for hours and watch the towels drip yeah yeah you, <laughs> you know <laughs> but but there's something about it it really spoke to me but um it it allowed me to create a better inner voice yeah as well like i'm more kind to myself it made me more loving to myself and more appreciative um and not so harsh you know um but i have control over my acceptance you know what i mean uh, yeah 
Yeah. I have control over that, that thing that allows me to accept or reject things now, you know, and, and I, I'm more accepting and I can now just take things as they are and be like, yeah, things are crazy and not to control. That's what it is. It, it, it allows me to not feel like I need to control. Yeah. And like, I know where I was then, like I said, I, I, I was doing that stuff to party, but now as I've been on this healing journey, it's like, you know, maybe I'm growing now into my, you know, shaman, yeah. um, inner shaman now with, with, uh, you know, opening up and, and, and like, especially with the spiritual stuff and unlearning what I was taught, what I thought was like, you know, this is it. Yeah. Let's, you okay. Know? Let's, let's use a word that's in its proper term. So the word woke yeah. has, has been hijacked, re hijacked. Oh yeah. A lot of words. A lot of it's like the woke was meaning it had to do with realizing was the day you realized you were in the matrix. Yeah. That this is all a program, that this is all by design by other people to keep themselves rich and to you dumb and poor and constantly in servitude. That's what it means to be woke, to be aware of your surroundings, to know exactly what's going on. It yeah. wasn't a racial thing. It wasn't anything. Yeah. It was just, it was a woke thing to see. Yeah, we do actually have some systemic racism built in because we are a nation that was built off of slavery. It's just natural. You're going to have a, a, a trickle out. Yeah. You know, we're going to have remnants of that shit for years and years and years until we get rid of it. Things are way better in America now than they used to be. However, you know, it, it, the, it, the word woke is now being used by the people who started it mm -hmm. as a negative thing. Yeah. Like it was more of like a, in 2012 is more of like a right wing conspiracy theorist. Those who were conspiracy theorists were the woke ones. Yeah. You yeah. get me? Yeah. But are you seeing now what I'm, what I'm trying to get is like yeah. how things get hijacked and returned. It's like, now it's like, it's a, a bad thing. It's now linked to, you know, black lives matter organization. And it's now this thing and it's, it's about racism. No, it isn't. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about, like, fuck bro. Yeah. The, but our spiritual awakening and our, our, our I guess like our third eye or whatever, yeah. being able to see the world more clearly than what the pictures that been painted. Like yeah. You said, then the marketing the is, then the marketing is full of us. You know, we've, we've been, we've been marketed to since birth. Since birth. Yeah. <laughs> since the creation of radio and TV. Telling us what to buy, what know, to do, what screen, to think, what yeah. the fucking, it's insane. Yep. That are on a, a, a similar journey, especially with martial arts and jujitsu. We want to, connect with you like where should they instagram instagram alien blueprint is my handle yeah i, I and i like that and some of the stuff we've touched on already but i want to hear your meeting for why you picked that handle alien blueprint yeah uh the song by henry ron you know ron's band Oh, okay. Yeah, right. it's it's a. Uh, I, it was I was more like because Henry Rollins, Henry Rollins, uh, listening to Henry Rollins growing up is what had me not kill myself. Okay, I, I was... uh, listening his spoken word. I was just and it was just kind of it's like it's like a homage a homage to to Henry is like a nod forward. Okay. It's like, it's the name of my company too. It's an LLC. I LLC'd it and um, but Alien Blueprint it, like if you watch the beginning of his of of him playing the song in Lollapalooza he gives a forward he talks about you know what what you know like the people who were made fun of picked on nobody want to be around you but you made it anyways yeah that thing that wasn't supposed to make it it wasn't supposed to be there but you fucking made it anyways and you're a badass anyways 
that's that that's what that is to me it's the, oh, okay uh, uh i did it anyways i made it anyways and alien you know octopus you know i'm uh, not from this fucking world yeah, i don't fit in yeah, yeah i'm the alien blueprint yeah okay you yeah because that's what that's what i was gearing more towards because what we were saying earlier about how i was know, made by aliens we're, man we're all kind of <laughs> part of a alien petri dish here yeah planet earth but um it's a different so, way to be, man. Speaking of, uh, you know, I want to ask you some of the questions I normally ask guests that I have on here before we get ready to wrap up then. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, obviously Henry Rollins was a influence, but who are, who are your, would you say are your top three musical artists? Top three musical artists. Mm. Chino Marino does great stuff. I like Mike Patton stuff. Ooh, yeah. um, uh Maynard James Keenan stuff's great. I love like I really like Pussifer. That's yeah. that's that's just a fun fucking situation. Uh, I went out actually went out and visited the store out in Jerome and went to his dojo and went to his restaurants and stuff. And I met all the staff. And the staff was just fucking cool. That's what I fell in love with. It was just like man, these fucking this is just awesome. I, I'm not like starstruck. I'm not a fan of anybody. Even Henry Rollins. I'm not like a fucking fan. You know, yeah, I yeah. did get to shake his hand and take a picture with him. It was awesome um i got to say thank you that's all i want you know that was what i wanted if i wanted to yeah. tell him personally thank you you know and he gets that shit all the time you know yeah. but he talks about it. he's like you know it's like tell me you know let me know if i changed your life and he did yeah um uh like like so i'm not really a fan of anything but i admire the fuck out of like the brand the whole idea around pussifer it's it's a fucking fun fun time uh i got to see them when they played lorraine theater a few years back because uh i was good friends with a, a band that he had taken on the road with them from cleveland called uncle scratch's gospel revival oh yeah yeah did you ever see i've them? heard of them oh my god they were amazing uh brother ed was a friend of mine he unfortunately uh cancer got him uh. a few years back but uh i would have them play shows for me all the time and they were they were like they, it was perfect. So somehow Maynard got like connected with that, loved their gimmick, loved what they did and took them on the road with them. And then before shows, they'd be outside protesting the show that they're opening. Oh, that's awesome. That's good shit. See, that's alien blueprint. Yeah. Like what, if it's against the grain, if it's against what's going on, if it's, if it's opposite of what's the norm is or what everybody else is doing, that's an alien blueprint. You know what I mean? Do it different. So they're amazing. I'll have to send you some of their videos. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Please do. That'll be cool. But, um, what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? What class? Hmm. I wrote a paper on that in college. <laughs> it was like the, like I read, I read this thing called uh, like what I should have learned in college or what they didn't teach me in college. It was about fucking like tax forms and like how to do your yeah. taxes, how to fucking balance, you know, you know, there's, there's all this rote memory stuff we learned, but critical thought somehow, like how do critically think, yeah, you know and how to think outside the box and not just do these things but that's the whole exact opposite of what a fucking are these institutions do you know yeah yeah exactly and then um i don't know if i answered your question <laughs> I, I don't know no, I mean, there's a class, it's like it's like these it's something more common sense you yeah, know what everybody i mean everybody goes through the tax thing for sure that's like one of the most popular answers I what would you say know. what do you think i mean um, maybe i'll get some better answers but uh I mean, you said a combination of, you know, I agree. I agree with it. With the, with I get so serious thing, with it because it's like, you know, critical thought. But man. yeah, critical thought. 
because it's like all we're doing is putting out drones now. We're not putting out, you know, we're putting out drones and clones. Yeah. You know, we're not putting out unique. Right. You know, we are, we are all created uniquely, you know, and it's what, and when, and when we, when we become a clone, but we're not as good as the other clone, that's when the comparison thing happens and And we get in our own heads, you know, because we're comparing ourselves to something that we weren't created to be. Right. We freaking love ourselves. And that's been my biggest. And that's my biggest shtick. That's one of my shticks as a coach is that I don't teach you to be like me. Yeah. I teach you how to figure it out. I teach you how to learn. You got to learn how to learn. Right. Yeah. And I teach you how to learn how to learn. (laughs) So I want you to become your own martial artist. I want you to look like yourself and not like anybody else. And especially not me. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I create gods not servants not yeah. not drones not clones i create creators that's my goal and it's like you know going back to you know i i, I can't do all the things that you do it's like different body structures mm-hmm. and all that stuff too but you know like when i was able to get that back leg you know thing today i was like i was like i, I felt like i was doing it wrong you said no you did you know good so i was because i was comparing right you know instead of like no this is how i do it and i did it Mm-hmm. You know, and you saw me do it. So it like, it's concept. Get from point A to point B. Yeah. Don't let that knee be there. What are you, what can I, you know, people do this shit. Yeah. Open your hands, put your hands on, you know, Yeah. do things. It's like whenever we're doing something new, we, we have to do it. We we're so much about rules. I'm so much about not rules. You know, I'm, I, I'm the guy that can walk in and come up with five different ways to do that thing you've been doing for five years, the same exact way. Yeah, exactly. And that's been the other thing that, like I said, when, with your teaching, when you come in and how did I, you know, I observe how, like, I don't know how he's seeing this, but he's seeing, you know, like five different scenarios from the, from the same starting point and different, all these different routes to go and how you can, like what helped me tremendously this morning was like because I was I was having trouble breaking my leg still even though I was laying rolling over and Leon I still he had a tight thing with his leg but when you said grab the foot that was the turning point for me I grabbed the foot bend the foot the uh-huh. leg opened up and boom my leg my leg comes out so just those little you know key points you know and then um, who are three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today. Hmm, me, myself, and I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I am such an octopus and, you know, like a chameleon, such an absorber. There's everyone, dude. It's you too. You know what I mean? Right now it's you. Um, it's, uh, I'm constantly getting stuff from my surroundings. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's, oh, fuck, bro. I mean, that's a great question. That's something I should sit and think about more. Like, who are the people? But they're always there to me. Like, I'm always feeling kindness and love and 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 um, uh, uh, a gratefulness to the people who have been around me. You know, like to some of the people who made me who I am are, are like, are, it's in negative ways. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the bad things that have happened that caused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of it's me learning in the negative, the yeah. photo negative, like the opposite. That's what I don't want to be in life, <laughs> you know? Um, but my God, uh, well, that's your homework assignment. It, yeah, man. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make that a, a homework assignment because there's just so many people, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, and I'm, I'm not so 
like yeah yeah i'm not just yeah yeah fuck. <laughs> oh yeah back then when i was a mormon i could have just fucking said everything yeah. out but now that i'm not and nothing is paid for me anymore my day is not carved out for me and i know exactly who i what i have to do and be and all that kind of shit it's more up in the air yeah it's more fun and then i know you talked about you know i mean you want to live forever you want to be here forever because you want to see how everything ends but what would you want your legacy to be when that day comes when you're not here how do you want people to remember you that i i was kind and helpful and a benefit not a hindrance yeah that you're able to take all the negative things that happened to you and turn transmute it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah that back to alchemy you yep. were talking about earlier gotta transmute that you know? shit and then um this is uh, one of my favorites to ask it takes everybody back uh favorite toy as a child oh wow my dick <laughs> still is today <laughs> <laughs> um, can't stop playing with it uh, as long as it works my best oh wow dude uh, such an active cat I played with everything dude okay so it was He-Man and G.I. Joe G.I. Joe was my main staple but the thing about me was was that like I watched the cartoons on everything and yeah. I memorized and practiced all their voices okay so when I played with them I played in their voices oh nice from the cartoon but what would happen is if i couldn't get the voice quite right i would stay on that line until it, i made it sound right in my head before i could even continue the progress of the playing of what was going uh, on you must have been awesome uh, Cobra, ocd Cobra is fuck that, yeah, right? yeah 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 <laughs> oh yeah that was, that was the one that i had to fuck with a little bit yeah that raspy <laughs> Yeah, you know that yeah. kind of sound but in my head it's not right i'm sure outside of my head if i was recording myself it sounded nothing like the fucking cartoon but yeah like, you know I'm but, an amazing singer on karaoke yeah but as far as what but what i did the most was at physical things like trees were my favorite toy nice. that, that was another one of my favorite yeah. yeah you know a tree climbing that i loved being in trees still do i love 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 that was my favorite job i ever had was was, was uh tree service i would saddle climb into and rope down and cut down the tree as i go with a chainsaw limbs and then top it off and fell it all the way it was fun dude my script strength was so insane for jujitsu at that time too nice and then um any message that you have for our uh military members currently serving overseas um watch out where the huskies go and don't eat the yellow snow <laughs> Um, no, just try not to fucking get lost in the complex. Still keep your humanity somehow. Still love people. Don't look at them as animals. Don't look at them as dogs. Don't look at everybody as your fucking enemy. You know, it's at the end of the day, we all want a barbecue. Yeah. Don't lose like who you are, really. Not yeah. Don't be the cl another clone. Yeah. Don't let it take over. Clones there. You know? Oh, God. You're you're punished if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> that UCMJ man gave me was was gave me anxiety. I just thought for sure I was gonna fuck up. <laughs> well, it, I'm I'm I'm. Turns out I'm a little bit on the autism spectrum. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, like it was really hard. That's related to gut. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. Ehlers Danlos yeah. too, and um, there's a trifecta: Ehlers Danlos, autism, uh. 
um anxiety you know like all these different things yeah it's all gut stuff it's yeah. it's all oh pots too i have pots like i stand up and pass out no really i can't regulate as part of ehlers danlos too oh, wow. finding out yeah it's fucking wild bro my wife like when we found out my wife was just like i fucking knew it like this whole fucking time she's like there's something about this guy that's just so different and so off you know and like being in the military it was very hard for me. i'm like i mean i was always making people like what the fuck you know uh, you know like who is this guy what's this guy up to because i was just out there you know and i was just afraid i was going to get in trouble all the time because i'm that kind of guy will fuck up a crowbar with a cotton ball if you let me you know <laughs> so i don't know um but i masked it my whole life you know um i'm a mimic you know i can imitate you know i'd never i still don't know really what's socially acceptable you know, <laughs> in reality of it all um but it's yeah. that's my no boundary you know kind of thing the heavy adhd is more about that than it is actual adhd it's i'm just all over the fucking place with my mind and yeah. thinking thinking differently from what they where, say like yeah that's where the uh you know the the psychedelic part is kind of helps yeah a little bit yeah i'm actually right at home in in dmt land you know and yeah. and i can function you know with like that's just normal the, the shit that people are afraid of is my playground you know yeah but uh man sean thank you so much for your time you know i mean uh, no problem we've been really, talking about this for like two years yeah you know? yeah i and had what, fun Thank you for tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's boondoggle.